are listening to Chugga Talk with Ryan Murphy, a podcast by Pull Across Made Simple. On this episode of Chugga Talk, you'll meet Billy Shuttles, New Mexico native and lifelong polo cross player. We discuss being a polo cross dad and husband, the Wild West cowboy beginnings of American polo cross, international tours, streaking, and more. Here on Chugga Talk, the goal is to shrink the polo cross world by connecting people together, and most importantly, to provide education by interviewing players from all over the world. So listen closely and enjoy. Good to have you on the podcast, Billy. Let's do it. Cheers. What are you drinking, buddy? It is TX whiskey. This is probably the best whiskey I've ever had. Sounds like they make it in Texas. Uh, it is made in Waco, I believe. Oh, Fort Worth. Everything's better in Texas or bigger and better, right? <laughs> right here, buddy. I'm drinking some dark and stormy. Uh, I got into some Moscow mules. Yeah. So I've had a lot of Tito's recently. I've been changing it up and mixing it with some whiskey and rum and i'm having the whiskey Bundy and, dark and, and rum at the same time no separately i'm not i'm not an animal <laughs> I <was gonna> say. <laughs> okay so, all right yeah. so i got billy shuttles on here and i'm sure steph's holding her breath because she has no clue what you're gonna say Stephanie went to bed doesn't want to know and she doesn't trust anything he doesn't she doesn't trust my editing abilities either uh, right billy is such a old good friend of mine he's just an old soul and uh we have so many connections and we're such good friends and uh this is just one of many podcasts i could see us doing yeah purpose i didn't do any prep for this interview usually i write down a list of questions and well we started we started talking last night and i said wait wait save it for the podcast i know we also we're both fans of the joe rogan show which is like the number one podcast in the world yeah joe rogan is awesome they just talk about whatever for three three and a half hours i Um, think his longest one was like five hours something so we'll try to we'll try to spare the audience but please (laughs) you'll probably fall asleep you're too you're too old Uh, Um, i'm old now Dude, I just turned 40, bro. Yeah, I turn uh, 39 tomorrow. Oh, happy birthday. Thank you. I'm, I'm already getting some happy birthday wishes from Australia, which is kind of nice having friends there. You get a longer it, longer day. Right. And, you know, like Robbie and I, uh, we try to call each other, see who's going to be the first one to call between us shuttles boys. And, um, you know, we'll call it like four o'clock in the morning and be like, oh, happy birthday. So, <laughs> that sounds- but it's nice to- Aussies are way ahead. I know. But see, Robbie's Robbie's always up early, and he's probably always the first one. Well, he's probably already asleep, too. So He probably went to bed at 8 o'clock. So it's easier for did. him to get up at 4. We, we went, had a late dinner at 8 o'clock. So. <laughs> <laughs> what happened to the kids? Why are you they free are, of the kids tonight? They are staying at their principal's house tonight. They're, uh, the principal's kids are the same ages as our kids, and they're all – tight that's interesting uh, i know it's a yeah. small school it's a very interesting creative yeah, i think school. 40 kids uh it's a uh acton academy yeah they go by the socratic method where the kids uh regulate themselves and they just have guides to kind of point them in the right path yeah and it's it's for sam and gage they're doing uh, really well there. It seems to be working out. I I wish I had a school like that to go to when I was a kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get to school. Don't worry. Back. We're going all the way back to Anton Chico. Anton Chico. Anton Chico. But no, shout out to the, the Elgin fans out there because there are probably some people that listen to the podcast from there. So we're the, we're uh, sausage capital of Texas. I think is what it is. 
Is it? Where did you eat dinner? Uh, we went to a little restaurant. It was a steakhouse called Joseph's in Elgin. And uh, there was, I think, three tables that were full and took forever. Good food, but took forever. Huh. But that's what we get in well, Texas. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, people that don't know, I, I lived in Texas for school for four years, and I played with the Lone Star Club. And I spent weekends in Elgin almost every other weekend. I was not in a fraternity. My family was the Texas family. So... Elgin means a lot to me. I even used Chrissy's address in Elgin for my address so that I could have a Texas driver's license because they don't give points for speeding tickets in Texas like they did in Pennsylvania. Uh, I, that, I think they, the law. they do now. They do now. Well, but your points from Pennsylvania do not move into on your Texas No, they don't, they don't transfer, which is Reciprocate. great. Reciprocate, yeah. And Billy would know because well, he lived in Pennsylvania. Yes, and I cannot – okay, so we were just in Pennsylvania two weekends ago. Yeah. And driving from the Philadelphia airport up to um, the lake house and anywhere in Pennsylvania, like the highest speed limit that there was, I think, was 65 on the Blue Route going north. And uh, I, I can't – I can't do it anymore. I can't drive <laughs> on the East Coast. It's just we have the nation's highest speed limits on the highways at 85 on the toll road. It's the toll road's meant to go 100 miles an hour safely, designed after the autobahn. So you know it's it's great. I get on the on the toll road and I just I know, know. I know. And you, and if there's a traffic jam, we. Texas has these roads on the side of the roads called frontage roads that you can just drive on those. Yep. It's it's nuts. It's such Even a, the frontage roads are like 65 miles an hour. Yeah, it's crazy. It's yeah. wild, wild west out there. Yeah. That's so, why we live here because we can do basically whatever we want to do, especially where we live. We can do whatever we want to do. Well, I live in the live free or die state, New Hampshire. Right. They don't. They're not required to wear, hel wear helmets here. And I, oh, so I call, I call it the live free and die state because, man, if you have a wreck without a helmet, you're not going to yeah. do too well. I mean, let's talk about your motorcycle wrecks. Have you had any? Yes, actually. Well, I had a couple when I was a little kid on dirt bikes. But uh, so Daniel Johnson and Dory Johnson had a house in Maynard and I had to get to the airport. Uh, I got off of work and... I said, can I go to your house and change at your house? Because I am I stink. I got to change. They said, yeah, go ahead. Just, uh, oh, here's the gate code. But they forgot to mention that there was a rope across their driveway. Oh. The horses in the back. And I was in a hurry. I had to get to the airport. So I started hauling ass down their driveway. And I didn't notice the rope until the last second. I locked oh. both brakes up. And I slid right into the rope. And it was it was only hooked on by like a piece of wire or something. So it broke. when I hit the rope, it just it just fell down. But I laid my bike down and I got up <laughs> and I was so mad. I was like, <laughs> I think so mad. I think all the people that uh, play polo cross before the panel days, because uh, I think in Australia, yeah. they have to use panels now. They used to use electric tape like we do in the States. Yeah. And you'd be walking back from the bar and it would be like a game. Oh! <laughs> okay, how long can you stay up, number one? And number two, yeah. how, and you can definitely see the white tape easier than the orange tape. Yes, for sure. John Ryan one time had... Um, drove Dan's four-wheeler. I don't know if you heard this story right through a fence. It was a 90-degree turn on a fence line, and he didn't turn it quick enough, and he just went straight through it. He hit his head. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm sure uh, when you interview Robbie, ask him about his New Zealand trip where uh, he had a run-in with a high-mileage, high-power fence. I don't think he'll talk about it. He. Um, oh, he 
if you ask him about it, he'll tell you about it. If anyone doesn't okay, know the so. dynamic here, Robbie's the older brother. Billy's the more famous one, but Robbie's Robbie's the older brother. Billy's been sort of living in you know his shadow. Robbie's always been the like he's been the good boy his whole life. Doesn't you know doesn't make as many mistakes. Billy's been more of a rebel, right? Billy's a free spirit. Uh, I would say I'm in the category of I do what I want and I'll deal with the consequences tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> But that's all right, because that's who you are. You're free, hey, man. That's, that's yeah. Listen, I I don't want to be held down. I'm not saying Robbie's held down. I'm just saying he's uh, he's a bit more conservative than I am. Right. Yeah. Just a different. I mean, he's older, and you know, he, right. You guys, you guys grew up at different times in that area, so you weren't necessarily. Yeah. I don't know. It was a interesting conundrum that we had growing up. But yes. Yeah, we were did, both kind of in different areas at the same time. Let's go back. I mean, I, I just, I'm going through these old DVDs and put them in the cloud for my dad. I've got a hundred DVDs that I'm going through. And I found yeah. this Norm Clayston APA video. It was a promo video. And right. it, it had to be the 80s. But when did you and Robbie get into polo cross? So I think Robbie started playing in 88 or 89. That's when I started, 89. Right. So a friend of our aunt's, my mother's sister, Ronnie Egan, a friend of hers brought a, a couple rackets and a ball and a rule book down to Santa Fe, to the ranch that we used to own. Uh, she knew that uh, we had horses and then it just turned into this whole cowboy thing. Like, Hey, this sounds like a great sport. Let's, let's just get on our horses and whoop the crap out of them until something happens. <laughs> <laughs> so is this Hermosa? What, what part of Santa Fe was this? Cause we might have some fans yeah. from, from the it area. It was in Te Tezuque, which is just North of uh, Santa Fe called Rancho Encantado is where uh, we, that, that was the ranch that our family owned. Okay. Uh, it was a dude ranch, you know, from the 60s all the way up through, two, uh, no, not even 1996, I think is when it got sold. But uh, it used to be like, a, it was a big haven for uh, actors and famous people uh, that wanted to get away from California. So they came to Santa Fe and I met a bunch of actors there, uh, Whoopi Goldberg, Robert Redford, and people like that. But we had a dude ranch. We had a bunch of horses. And so we just started playing ball across out in the dirt. Uh, arena and then we met some more people and it just took off from there and then we our first polo cross club was santa fe polo cross club and then uh the next club after that in that area was orphan ranch which was danny bird and richie stump and sam, sam silverman and, the godfather yeah the godfather oh geez uh but wasn't the cradle of polo cross civilization like it started in California, right, or, or Phoenix or something, right? So was there a lot of polo cross there at the time, or was there a, some, in, some in Colorado, right? So we used, to, uh, we used to play between New Mexico, Colorado, like Durango. We used to go to Phoenix. There was a club in Santa Cruz, California, and that was a hike. I never made that hike, but I know it was a hike. It was 20-something hours. Robbie keeps talking about it. But um, it was... It was like, it, it was literally like a bunch of cowboys with horses just wanting to beat up on each other <laughs> for, for fun. And that's, that's what Polycross was back in the day. And at night, in between, uh, you know, Friday night, you get there, you set up, you get drunk, you play Polycross, you get, you get your horses fed at six o'clock in the morning, 
you get your horses ready, you play at 7, 7.30, you uh, get drunk again Saturday, you have a great time, and then you go to sleep, and then Sunday morning you get up early, do it again, and we wouldn't be done on Sunday until late afternoon, and then everybody just drive home. It was crazy. And that's back when we had steel stock trailers with no living quarters, no oh my generators, no, yep. no heat, no water. You're talking about, uh, you know, New, New Mexico Polo Cross. We used to go play out at Danny Bird's place in Anton Chico. It was, it was what, 30 miles south of Las Vegas, New Mexico, out in the middle of nowhere. I mean, nowhere. And on a hot day in the middle of summer in Anton Chico, uh, we'd be playing Polo Cross. And with no wind, the dust would just rise, like just straight it would just come straight up and you couldn't oh, see else on the field like by the end of the weekend on sunday it was just a cloud with no wind and you'd be looking around and everybody'd be coughing and trying to throw the ball around and it was terrible polo cross it was funny it was but it was terrible <laughs> but at the end of the day we didn't really have a place to go shower because nobody had those big fancy trailers so we would go jump into the water troughs that the horses would drink off, drink out of, and we'd just like basically wipe ourselves down with horse water, and we'd be, yeah. you know, snotting clouds of dirt out of our nose and eyeballs and ears, and you wouldn't get clean for a week after that tournament. It was it was interesting. Yeah, I'm trying to think of when that test match was. It had to be '97 when I played that test match at Orphan Ranch, the junior okay. test match against New South Wales. Were you were you in that yeah. game? Okay, this is the one, this is the infamous game, Robbie Shuttles. Yeah. I'm not ready for the game. And Robbie's like, why isn't Murphy ready? Because I don't know how to do my own polo wraps, right? Uh, right, yes. Okay, can we talk about yes. the first time I Yeah, well, I got to uh, tell okay. you this first time I met you. But this, this is before from Ranch, so I got a, a Durango story. Oh, shit, did we meet in Durango before we met at Anton Chico? Yeah, we did, but but you can still tell the orphan ranch. I, I think I was I was too busy chasing uh, in Durango. But the the first time I remember, I met your I remember meeting your sister in Durango. But um, the first I remember meeting you was in Anton Chico, and you show up and you already got your jodhpurs on and your riding pants and your big your big <laughs> helmet. helmet. A, oh man, with the, that was bad. On the top of it. That was um, bad. And you're, oh, your half chaps. That's what it was. You're wearing half chaps. <laughs> what were you wearing? Jeans and a t-shirt, like normal. Like, you had like your whites over your boots. Yeah, you didn't have like tall boots on the outside of your whites. But you know, we were shit kickers, dude. We we had I know. white right. Yeah, uh, we had. It's like you, I was like an alien to you guys. Yeah, and we didn't even we didn't even wear helmets until we were actually in a game. Like we didn't practice with helmets. We there were people riding around with cowboy hats, <laughs> playing polo cross. And then oh, the, our, like our first tournaments were oh, we actually got to wear a helmet to play this game. Oh, okay. Uh, my <laughs> first helmet, my first helmet was a uh, a full face. A uh, motocross helmet. It was red. I remember because um, I was riding my dirt bike the day or two before the first tournament. They said, "Yeah, you got to bring a helmet." And I, I said, "The only thing I got is this dirt bike helmet." <laughs> they had pretty loose rules back then, right? <laughs> I don't I think we had very many rules at all. Can you wear them now? Can you wear uh, like anything now? Uh, dirt bike helmet? I don't. Should we phone a friend? No, it, I don't it, know. It, it's the rule that says it has to be equestrian rated or something. I don't know. I don't know. That's a pony club thing. So here, here I am. 
Mr. English Rider Pony Club Pony refined. Club. My family's dressage. We're breeding warm yeah. bloods. We're we're a yeah. whole different. I'm a whole different. I, I was a pretty soft character. You were alien to us. Oh, you had gloves on too. That the black gloves with the mesh. Not the long back. because I I got made fun of. I got rid of those gloves pretty quickly. Um, well, we we had to. I'm glad. Aren't you glad that we did? Oh, you guys toughen me up because. Danny Bird uh, toughened us all up. That Monday, I learned how to do pole wraps, and I started doing the hard work, doing the exercising the horse around the track. If they hadn't been worked yet, it didn't matter how fat they were. They had to do the whole circuit, and they, they were just like – it was crazy, and it was in the dry yeah. desert, and uh, there's cactus and all this stuff. Big I tough, cactus. I toughened up quick. So at the end of this long work for the horses, then we played – not politically correct, a game called Smear the Queer, which is yeah. basically one-on-one-on-one, -on -one -on -one, yeah. and every man for themselves, and there were really no rules, but no. You, had, you had to take the ball, and you had to shoot the goal, but in the chicken wire, it couldn't be too high. It had to hit between right. the goal posts. Because if it went if over you the made chicken it, wire... But if you made it, then you, you got the point, and you did a 10-yard throw from the back line, you got two people on you. It toughened me up fast. I mean, I... Yeah. And I'm talking about these videos that I found. Danny Bird um, is a very intimidating guy. He's very strong. Uh, he's a beast. And on my 18th birthday in Pennsylvania, my dad lured me outside. Danny Bird was there, and he held me down, and they spanked yeah. me hard 18 times for my birthday. I'm pretty sure uh, I, I smacked you a couple times for that one, too. Were you Were you there? Could have. Uh, at your birthday in Anton Chico? No, I'm talking about 18th birthday party. This is in Pennsylvania. This was oh, a couple no, of years no, I wasn't there. No. Okay, so they really toughened me up. So I appreciate that. The first time I met you, well, I played against you in, at a practice in Durango. Okay, so that was at Ignacio at the racetrack no, in Ignacio. No, that was at Rocky Mountain Polo Cross. That was at the uh, oh, okay. the Johnny Franks Field. And then the right. next day, the next day we had a practice at the Weirs, and I remember playing well and Janelle. Yep. I remember playing against Robbie, but I yeah. thought it was you. And I'm like, yeah. what the hell happened? This guy's a lot more aggressive. Like Robbie was like, hit me up the arm and playing yeah. like, like a bat out of hell, man. Like a little ankle biter, right. like he is. But you guys looked a lot more similar back then. Back then, yes. That was a weird thing. So I thought you were Robbie the first time I met you. No offense. Robbie says I'm his younger brother now. I'm not his little brother because I'm quite a bit larger. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. It's the same with my dad. Like they used to call me Little Murph, but I'm obviously not Little Murph anymore. Right. My dad has shrunk yeah. down to like 155 pounds. Yeah, good for him. That's probably helping his knees out, right? Yeah, I don't know. He's yeah. he's on a different kind of diet, right? Liquid. Yeah. Um. So speaking about your dad. Oh no. <laughs> He's listening, by the way. He'll be listening. I've got a bunch of great stories about your dad. I love your dad. He's one of my top people of all time. Let's do a cheers to my dad before we start busting on his cheers, cheers. Doc. May, may God forgive us for what, what we're, we're about to say about you. I'll tell you the most funny story. I love your dad. Like, I have the utmost respect for your dad. I'm not bagging on him uh, at all. Uh, <laughs> he doesn't so we care. Were, we, we, I, I get invited up to Dan and Aaron's wedding, right? and right. um up to dan and aaron's and we go to their house on their side of the property and i'm i'm inside I, I i don't know if i was there that the day or that day or the day before but um i go inside and we're all sitting in dan and aaron's living room <laughs> you know we're sitting around dan likes to chew tobacco so did i at the same time no problem and doc is telling the story and you know how he likes to talk with his hands and he likes to smile and laugh a lot and the, you know, I'm having a great time, and I'm just looking at your dad. And this is going to get gross. Uh, I'm sitting there talking with Dan, with Dan and Aaron and Doc, and I think John Ryan was there, too. He's got this beer in his shirt pocket. 
right? Uh, and then he's talking, and then he just stops and he starts looking around, and he's he's on the <laughs> other side of the table, and he's, he's looking around. He's like, "Damn it, where's my beer?" So then he just reaches on the table, grabs a can of Coors Light, picks it up, and just knocks it back. <laughs> Well, about a, a chug and a half in, he realizes it, that it's uh, it, uh, it's Dan's chew uh, spit can. That that's happened more than once for sure. Oh, more than once, but this is the first time I saw it, <laughs> and he just <laughs> and he spits it all over the table in the living room, <laughs> and he's like, he's like, he said, "God damn it, Dan!" And he throws the can down on the beer and he's on the table and. There's spit and tobacco and oh. stuff running down his And he says, he says, damn it, where's my beer? <laughs> and we all said, Doc, it's in your pocket. I have to go back to, we have to talk a little bit about Polo Cross. I'm going to name drop yeah, oh, here. Sorry, that's a little bit of a tangent, yeah. No, it's okay. It's like a commercial break. Um, as my dad would say, to make a long story short, but he really <laughs> means to make a short story long, he would... Just keep yes, going. Yes. Back then, I believe it was 97, because 98, we went over New South Wales. We'll get to that. But yeah. in 97, it was the New South Wales juniors over in the States. I played in the test match, you know, softy Murph from the East Coast, uh, wearing gloves and all that. But some names of people that were in that test match are pretty famous. We have Lance Anderson, Aiden Turnbull. Uh, who else was on that one? Amy Thompson. Was she on that tour of the year was that before that? Yeah, Amy. Thompson. She's a great, great one. Uh, who else? Yeah. Who else do we have? I do recall Australians are not allowed to – there is no chewing tobacco in Australia. So every time an Australian comes <laughs> to the States, we always get them hooked yeah. on it. And yeah. uh, you need to, don't, don't smoke those cigarettes. you got to try this stuff. It's much easier. After you tell them to swallow it, <laughs> which is not don't, nice. Listen, don't spit it out. It's just, it's, it gives, adds to the effect. I, I don't know who was spitting on whose back, but it was either Hayden or Lance. One was spitting on the other person's back and laughing about it. <laughs> I don't know if you remember that, but. Um, I, I was probably there, but I probably wasn't there. Yeah. And if anyone doesn't know, Lance Anderson is a legend. Oh, my gosh. What a legend. He was in the 2019 Aussie team. Yeah. Um, and so many teams before that, he's just he's a phenomenal player. Yeah. And this was way – I mean, this is this is over 20 years ago. No, this is yeah. over 20 years ago. Yeah. And we have this we had this wonderful exchange with New South Wales that we're restarting. We were going to restart this year, but it got delayed because of this whole pandemic thing. But we got to go to New South Wales, and that was a phenomenal yeah. trip. Um, yeah. You were with me on that one. That was awesome. And Coffs Harbor, Gunny Do, Dubbo, and Maitland. Yeah, I was I was in Sydney for my honeymoon in February. It was so cool because I'm on this wine tour, and our tour guide was talking about something, and I, and I knew the answer to the question because what I learned was that Aussies shorten every, shorten words that they're famous for that, right? Um, they they just put a, like an O at the end of something and they shorten the name. They name things very simply. So if you That's look at a lot of things very simply they just call things like for the big whatever like there's like the near sydney i think it was like the big potato or something big spud i don't know right but but coffs harbor was famous for that giant uh banana on top the big of the banana the big banana, yeah, banana. plantain yeah. the... <laughs> so we went to the big banana in coffs harbor yeah that was our first weekend there. Yeah, and we were playing. Uh, we were playing in the parking lot of the hotel there, throwing the ball yeah. around. Yeah, and I remember uh, we got picked up from the airport by or Mr. Thompson. 
Les. Yep. Yeah. Les Thompson. Yeah. Yeah. Prissy's asking the craziest questions. Like, is that guy walking his dog? Is that a river? <laughs> <laughs> we were. Do you remember that? We were so yes. embarrassed because Prissy. You know. <laughs> I guess Prissy oh, never. Wow. You mean Australians do the same thing that we do? <laughs> <laughs> so that was on the long drive from the airport. Not a Sydney, and they're like, uh, "That's the opera house. Uh, we're not going that direction. We're going that way." So take a picture. I, I hadn't seen the Sydney Opera House until this year when we went for the honeymoon. That's not what you do when you go on a polo cross tour. Yeah, you don't you don't go and actually see all the touristy stuff. You go to the outback and you go to where people live. Like if, if Australians come here to Texas, we don't usually take them to uh, Austin. You know, we take them to the local towns that we live in. That's awesome. That's that's one of the things I love about polo cross. You know, we've had lots of Australians that come over. We just hand them the keys to our car and say, go explore, have a good time. And, you know, if we go to Australia or New Zealand or other places like that, pretty much the same thing. It's, um, it's awesome. Yeah, we went uh, kangaroo hunting. Yes. That was my first time hunting anything, and that was yes. a fun trip. That was that was brutal. <laughs> yeah. It was interesting. Went in Rome. That was a great trip. I mean, what did you think about that experience? I mean, I remember Coffs Harbor. It was his own championships. There had to be 400 players there. Everyone's camping out. I mean, oh, yeah. I was I was intimidated. I, I don't know about you. but I was arguably the uh, worst player on the team. I just barely made it on the team. Uh, I think just because I was Robbie's brother. But no, uh, no, 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 because I'll tell you why I say that, because when um, when they put us with the local clubs at Maitland, they said, oh, you got to go play D grade. And I said, D grade. <laughs> I said, I'm on the American test test team. I'm you know, I, I should be playing at least better than D grade. I got my ass kicked in D grade playing with them. I was like, oh, my God, their D grade is like our B grade. <laughs> I played C grade that weekend. You. You weren't that much lower uh, than we were, yeah, but we, we saw the test. I got yeah. stuck on the D-grade team. Well, we saw the test, and I just yeah. remember the under six. So we're, we're an intermediate team. We are the, the U.S. 17 to 21 team, right? Because, yeah, 98. Yes. Uh, Heather and I were the yeah. youngest players. We played the under 16s in Maitland, yeah. and I believe it was the Maitland team, or was it all New South Wales? Okay, Chris Anderson was on that team. Right. They, they whooped us. Yeah. And, and rightfully good, so. Rightfully so. Yeah. They, they'd had probably 20 times the experience we had and oh, sure. five times the better players to play against. I mean, what? We were only 10 years into polocross at that point, and they've been playing their entire lives. How many generations? Yeah. I was going to say, that, isn't that part of being a uh, on a test match as you go to another place and you get handed a whooping? You're not supposed to go there and win. You're supposed to go to another country and learn how they play the game, get some coaching from them and say, oh, okay, I've never thought of that before. That's that's a good way to play it. And also to kind of be able to pass those lessons down to the next generation of polacross players at the country that you go back to. You learn so much. Uh, we had a yeah. clinic from Vicki Simon, really name dropping here. She's a legend from uh, Corindai. Yeah. Oh my gosh, you learned so much. And it's really a social tour because uh, you're you're there to learn, and they know that you're not the more experienced country, and, and they treat you so well. Everyone's there to learn, so you don't go there expecting anything more than that, and that's what and you shouldn't. Players that go from the United States to other countries have such a huge leg up on any other player 
because we just don't get the number of games, uh, the amount of competition that they get in other countries. And I, right. I feel like I'm a broken record. I say that a lot on, on this podcast. I guess I'm a USA apologist, but that's really, that's really, really just, no, that, that's just, that's just the way it is. So that's how I treat it. So in one of my books, I actually write about how, how important it is to travel and see other places. Uh, that tour was the first time I really got introduced to Bundaberg. I don't remember a whole lot of that entire tour. I just know I had a great time. And I uh, I enjoy your medical system in Australia because I wound up <laughs> in a hospital one night, uh, one morning, first game, first chuck of the day or second chuck of the day. And I busted up my knee or what I thought I did and then go to the hospital and spent the day there. And they gave me a whole lot of pain medication. And then they asked me, did you have anything to drink last night? And I said, oh yeah, I had a bunch of Bundy. And they're like, Oops, we gave you too much pain medication. So how did you feel about up, that? I didn't wake up until late that evening. I got there first thing in the morning. I didn't wake up till late that evening. Yeah, children, that's a lesson for you to learn. I'm sort of plugging my book here because I write a very controversial chapter called To Party or Not to Party. So Ooh. if you want to be a champion and you want to play at the top level, yep. drinking too much alcohol is not a good plan, right? Yeah. can't be at your top level so if that's what you're going there for that's just not going to happen so let that be a lesson to you kids yes what not to do but we were young and um we were having a good time it was a great tour that's not what it's all about but being social yes having a beer too yes but if you're there to learn pull across don't go there to get hammered right I mean, yes, that was a phenomenal course. That's, that that's was not what I did, just so you know. I am the prime example of what not to do when you go overseas. Let's fast forward here. I don't think we've talked about it yet. You are the husband of Stephanie Shuttles, a recent Stephanie, U.S. team I, I, World Cup. I am the lucky husband of Stephanie Shuttles. Yes, one of the most tolerant, loving, forgiving, yes. toughest, hardest. Yes. You needed a woman that would hit back. You needed a woman who wouldn't put up with your crap and would have yes. the control to put you straight, set you straight in some way. We needed the right person, right? Um, I would say if if I was with anybody else, I would be an absolute mess, not just a total mess. You've got a phenomenal family. I mean, you guys are yes. doing awesome. Thank so, you. So cheers to that. that yeah. No, I'm, I'm proud yeah. of you, man. Your, your kids are... So smart, so creative. Yeah, thank you. And you're you're doing the dad thing. They're playing polo cross. You're not playing. No. Um, so I want to hear about uh, before we get into Billy the Streaker. We're gonna get to that. Which Let's. Ta- there's always time for that. Let's talk about Billy the husband. You've had a struggle because you've been a player and yeah. you got a little bit fed up at one point and you you wanted a break. Yeah. Right. I, but you I married a polo cross player. Yes, I got tired of getting my ass kicked by Lone Star. What? Weren't you so in Lone Star? I joined them. If you can't oh. beat them, join them. Was that us playing with South Fork? What happened after South Fork? Okay. South Fork was uh, started by the awesome man, Bernie Utrich. He's a legend uh, in my eye. I love the guy. He started a polo cross club, said, hey, why don't you guys come play with us? So we started playing with Bernie and up in Dallas because we were living there. Dan and Aaron were living there. Were you going to SMU at the time we were playing for South Fork? I had graduated, but um, was I wasn't. Good. Okay. Okay. I but had played for Lo- I, I had played for Lone Star, but yeah. I had. But in 2003, I moved to North Carolina. I had a new goal in life in 2003, and that was to beat Lone Star, play against them because That's they were, were playing with the East Coast. Yep, they were the team to beat. 
And Lone Star, and that, that's why you have to have a target that's a respectful club like Lone Star that always comes with the great horses and they practice every weekend. And they're so dedicated. And, and their um, family. Yeah, it's just a it's a phenomenal thing. And um, oh, yeah. our, our Carolina club definitely mimicked their club rules and how they how they ran their club and selections and all that. Yeah. But you and I weren't, I mean, we weren't in the club. And so we were with South Fork. So this... I have videos of us. This is, I mean, this yeah. is like South Fork 06. Um, these yeah. are going to come out. I mean, there's no doubt. So this is like the wait. heyday. Um, was it Nationals at uh, South Fork Ranch? Yeah. So that, that was sort of our crescendo. Yes. But before that, <laughs> that we were playing, we played together. Steph was cruising around on Zoomy, whooping butt. Uh, or Pucho. No, Pucho. Sorry, Pucho. Pucho. Yeah. Ste- Steph yeah. was like someone you didn't want to get in the way of back then. She was a three, and she would yeah. just rock your world, move you out of the way. She was tough. Yeah, she did. Way tougher yeah. than you. Oh, um, for sure. No, we're talking about your transition. You're, you, you've had an emotional roller coaster in your and how you felt about polo cross and what it was doing for yeah. you. Yeah, you know, polo cross. It, it was it was awesome for a really long time. I was I was having a great time. And then I started getting older and I started realizing that, you know, this, uh, I'm, I'm getting old and this, this stuff kind of hurts because I was putting everything I had into it, you know. Um, but it was also came down to every time we got around people in the club, every time we go out to dinner, every time we'd even get on the phone with other people, it was always talking about horses and polo cross and polo cross and horses and it got down to like oh you remember that one time in 1994 where you rode that one horse for one chucka and you know <laughs> it, it it had a it had a one white sock and it's like everybody in the whole group was like oh yeah i remember that horse and i'm just nope I, in your mind you're thinking blah 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 who cares blah, blah. <laughs> who cares like, I, I, I think I got something better to do right now. So I got burned out for a while. You know, I'm, I'm sure most people could get burned out with something that they love over time that just becomes too much. And then I, I started backing off and then. And so when, did, hold on, let's get back to when did you marry Steph? Because that was a very pivotal. Point oh, so the first time I met Stephanie was, and I put quote fingers up on that one, was at uh, Dan and Aaron's wedding. <laughs> Ooh, I, I didn't know. I didn't really know that. Yes, uh, I was I was crying over some other girl. I won't mention any name. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Stephanie took pity on me and um, took me under her wing. No, I was supposed to be watching Dan and Aaron's house while they go on their honeymoon. And uh, Stephanie and I, okay, I'll tell you a quick story. It's clean, uh, PG. Uh, after the wedding, we went up to the cabin at your at your parents' place, where I'm sure a lot of relationships have started and ended at the cabin. <laughs> and uh i think it was doc (laughs) here's another doc story uh dan no no it wasn't dan it was john ryan myself i think uh cody gosh was in the uh, cabin and doc were there and uh there's we turn on the lights and there's beetles coming out of the ceiling where the light socket was and your dad's got a vacuum and he's just like they're coming out by the hundreds (laughs) And your dad's got a shop back and he's just, <laughs> he's, just he's, he's sucking all these bugs up. And we're like, where did all these bugs come from? And he just, he was there for like 10 minutes vacuuming all these bugs up. Uh, we're sitting on this table 
at this table and we're, you know, we're drinking beer and having a good time. And Stephanie walks in, she said, uh, uh, where am I going to sit? And I just, I stuck my leg out. I was sitting on this table. I stuck what my a leg gentleman. Out. I patted what the top gentleman. of my leg. I said right here. And she sat down on my <laughs> leg and, um, you know, uh, I've, I've been with her ever since. So, <laughs> so that was what, that was 2004 when their wedding was right. Was, so when, yeah, when was, was your wedding? How long did it take I you to marry was, this uh, woman? 2007. Yeah. So I've got, I've got a story. I don't know if you've heard yet. Did Aaron tell you this story? No. Steph <laughs> so Steph, Steph is in this limo with Aaron on the way to the wedding. Do you know that the limo okay. missed the turn? I did not know the limo missed the turn. And Aaron said, you know, you can keep going. For <laughs> <laughs> <At> my wedding. <laughs> yes, at your, at your wedding. Did you hear that story? So, I, I, uh, I, I'm sure I have, but I try to put that one in, uh, out of my memory. Uh, so I, I got a quick one about that, too. So Chuck, uh, my oldest brother, Chuck, there's... We he, okay, Chuck's the real winner in this family. Chuck's a winner. Yes, there's, there's three Shuttles brothers. Uh, I'm sure that there's not too many people that know about this, but our oldest brother, Chuck Shuttles, uh, he's very smart. He doesn't look like us. Um, he's funny. Um, uh, he's deathly allergic to horses. Yes. Uh, he's deathly allergic to horses. While we were in the back room, he's handed me shots of uh, you know, Jim Beam or something while we're getting ready to go down to get ready to get married he said are you are you sure you want to do <laughs> and i said i said it's, it's too late i'm already in it let's get this. <laughs> i love you baby <laughs> i don't think anyone was trying to torpedo your wedding uh let's just say that let's just put that out there that Everyone yeah. loves you guys, and they wanted you to be happy. And oh, um, for sure. yeah. And there was a lot of Thank turbulence. Thank you for being in the... at my wedding, by the way. Yeah, I was at. You were at my wedding. Um, you were. You and Strider were wearing the uh, Hawaiian shirts. That was awesome. You guys were uh, there awesome. There was no dress code. <laughs> um, you you actually asked me what to wear, and I told you, and and you were the best dressed at the wedding. But um, I worked, bro. You did, and you actually lasted longest. I couldn't last as long as you guys did that night. You really went went hardcore so i was at billy's wedding billy was at my wedding yeah billy and steph have had a phenomenal marriage they've got these great kids you decided that you were going to take a break from polo cross because since you said that about you and how you had a challenge with playing polo cross in 2012 i had a similar experience where i wasn't getting out what i was putting in right there's there was maybe a little bit too much drama going on or i don't know it just wasn't doing it yep. for me. So that's when I took a break in 2012. Yep. And it, it lasted yep. a little bit too long until 2018, uh, which was a six year break for me, which was just weird. It happens. You know, you've got to get out what you put in and, and it's okay to take a break if it's just not going going well for you. When did that happen for you? Because you were talking about like 2006, 2007. So you married Steph in 2007. When was it that you had the wreck on Spook and you broke your clavicle? That was that was the Irish test that came over, and we were so, at David um, David Brooks. So David Brooks's place, yeah. 
What's the story about? Uh, okay, let's tell the story of Spook. Spook was an Australian thoroughbred. Australian thoroughbred who played polo. It ended up in the states somehow. Who ended up in the states? Uh, I think you and Marilyn got a hold of the horse. Uh, neither yeah. one of you wanted to ride the horse. And it was crazy. Everybody. Her, her name was Spook for a reason. You couldn't tie her to a trailer to put her, a saddle on her. You couldn't tie her to anything because if you came near her with the saddle, she'd back up as fast as she could go, and then she'd flip over backwards, <laughs> and then she'd haul ass to her pen, and then she would just stop. When I was up there, uh, you guys said, hey, do you want want a horse? I said, I don't have any money, and they said, no. You can have her for free because she's psychotic. And I love free horses because I like riding the ones that you have to hold back because that's just my riding style. I'm not good right. at making a horse go. I have an electric bum. Yes. You have the opposite, right? You have the slow bum. No, um, yes, I can't make a horse you... go, but I can make a horse stop. That, okay. that was my thing. Is that yep. I would just muscle that horse down until it would stop. Anyway, you guys you guys gave me this horse. Beautiful horse. I mean, jet black. Oh, the most beautiful horse. horse. Yeah. Where is she now? Yeah, I mean, she uh, apparently she was with Bernie, and then she had a baby or two. What I don't a good, know if she's yeah. still alive or not, but that's a, that's a question for Bernie. Um, but, yeah, she was gorgeous. And once I figured her out, like, okay, you either got to tack her up in her pen or in a horse trailer, everything after that was fine. We got along great. You just can't tire to anything. Anyway, we're at uh, David Brooks's place in Concord, North Carolina. I think that's where his property was, Concord? Hills, Hillsboro. Hillsboro, that's right. So we're, it's the first game of the day, and we're playing against the Irish, the Irish team, and it was like a, it was a fun game. It wasn't really a test match. It was a fun game because obviously I wasn't on the team. We're playing, and I'm the th- Three? No, I was the one. This horse was so fast that I was the one on the left heading down towards David's house. The umpire threw the ball, went out the back. I was the first one <laughs> to the ball. Like, I beat everybody around the back. And I yep. picked the ball up, and I'm looking to my left, and I see an Irish – I see the Irish three coming towards me. And I'm like, oh, I got this. No problem. I pick the ball up. And as I look up to the end zone, I see that this lady is setting up her tent right next to the, to the left side of the goalpost as you're going downfield. Oh, and, and I was like, oh, my God. What is, like, it just snapped in my head. I said, there's no way I'm going to stop this horse. <laughs> so I automatically start trying to check up, but my dumbass also tries to bounce the ball and shoot a goal at the same time because, you know, it's me. It, it, it was strange because I'm pretty sure on the way down, she threw her front left shoe on the way down, right? So I would bounce the ball. I think I catch it or I tried to catch it and tried to throw it, but I'm pretty sure she put her left front hoof on this dry patch of dirt in the grass and I'm turning left trying to trying to throw a side weird sidearm but she slipped on that dry patch and I came down and I just slammed my shoulder into the ground and my my oh. ear was touching my shoulder when my collarbone shattered and uh, it oh. sounded like a gun went off and it was just like pow I knew I was hurt when I hit the ground but I was worried about the horse rolling over on top of me 
So I'm like sliding on the ground, looking between my legs to see which way the horse was going. Luckily, we kind of did a V. She went one way and I went the other. Don't you think she and, was concerned uh, about you rolling on top of her? <laughs> Fat joke. <laughs> and so I stood up, like I, I stood up right away and I walked over to the lady and I was like, excuse me, ma'am, can you please move your effing tent over to that side of the field? And she just <laughs> looked at me like she was frozen, like, oh, okay. And like, and then somebody brought a chair out to me into the end zone and I sat down and I started doing a functions check. You know, a function check is like a military term for making sure that your equipment is working correctly. So I was doing a functions check on my body and I was like, okay, I, my feet are good. My shins are good. My knees are good. Ankles. Uh, hips okay I got up to my neck and I moved my neck around and I started moving my shoulders and I was like oh that's not good and then I felt my collarbone and my collarbone was sticking up out of my shoulder like this and I was like oh my god and then I sat down like actually sat down and I started like that's when the pain started kicking in when I knew something was broken and that was my collarbone it's still not right today it's tough to do push-ups even today so but yeah, Spook, that was, if I could have one horse ever of my entire polar cross career, that was my horse, Spook would be the horse I would love to have back. So do you I, think, I, wish I, I wish I could clone that horse. So do you think it's because Spook and you had a very similar childhood and you had a very a similar personalities? Um, yes, we were both abused. And, and and erratic yes and, and uh, we had the same mindset we were both very stubborn but also uh very go forward and do stuff here's the lesson though kids when you're when you're playing you've got to commit and billy committed to that goal because that's really that is what it's all about he had the foresight of seeing what was coming ahead but he didn't worry about that because he was focused on the goal i was hoping that she could stand back up but she didn't. And lesson number two, folks, being a glory hound number one <laughs> is not all it's cracked up to be. The number two is really, really yeah. the uh, glory position or the Listen, number three. I, ever since I stopped playing polo cross or was uh, downsizing in polo cross, uh, I realized that the number two is the best position on the field. Because um, <laughs> you can, you can kind of hide. I, yeah, because nobody notices you when you screw up. If you're a number one and you miss a goal just by this much or by this much, everybody notices. Or if you're the number three and you took a big swing at the one and you miss, everybody notices. But nobody notices the two run over the ball. So Speaking of that look, uh, your, your older brother, Robbie, he used to give me these crazy looks. And he's got yeah. kind of got this very intimidating, crooked like yes. ugh, like this look like and so Very I would always intense. look I would always look to Robbie every time I screwed up and he yeah. he was that person that I always looked up to and oh, kept, hey, Murphy. Oh, Murphy get your head in the game yeah so no no I, I I credit a lot to Robbie because he had this sort of this really high standard and yeah. I always looked up to him, and it made me a better player. To this day, I mean, I really feel like number ones are glory hounds, and they have an easy job, and it gets even easier now that we've given them the overarm. And number three yeah. is such a glorif glorifying position if you can get out the back, and it's yeah. amazing. But if the number one misses a bounce, doesn't catch the pass, and it flies out of their racket when they try to catch it because they got a really shallow racket, 
or they miss yeah. a goal, there's so much anger that builds up inside of me. Oh, for sure. But that doesn't happen with number two because you're right. No one even notices you. You are the uh, a quiet professional. We're not going to name this person's name. There's something about polo cross people that they only have, and we talked about this yesterday, they only have polo cross jerseys. Like, that's the only shirts they have to wear. It's really weird that it's a thing. Yeah. I don't know if that's just, just in the United States. You get a shirt when you go to a tournament, and that's the only shirts they wear. If they have an international right. test, they wear the international jersey. Yep. Um, there is, and, and there's this um, tall, redheaded guy. He's, a, like, he's like a U.S. legend. We will not say his name. He brought a girl to this party in Texas, yeah. and it was St. Patty's Day. So guess which jersey everyone had on? Everyone had on okay. an Irish jersey. It, it, it was I'll say his name. I'll say it for you. It was brought his girlfriend. Uh, oh shoot, Michelle? No, no. That See, was that's how. Right. That's how. Because she wasn't a horse person and she didn't have a jersey on. Yeah. She, and and every, she everyone's there up. with. Yeah, everyone had a with, gun. <laughs> When she showed up, we I, I had a uh, one of those felt like uh, costume leprechaun top hat, and we all had beads all over us. And I was holding my thirty thirty, and Stephanie was on my hip, and we were, you know, we were talking about, uh, you know, she was dressed up and she was, you know, drunk that night. And uh, it was Robbie and Heather and Dan and Aaron, and we all of us have. Irish jerseys on. Everybody has beads on. Aaron had those big plastic sunglasses on that were like four times, five times larger than they should have been. Yep. And she just shows up with and she's wearing the same jersey we are, but she was only wearing, I don't even know if she was wearing a green shirt that night. I don't, I forget what she was wearing, but um, yeah, she shows up, shows up and, she, and she just looked at us at our, at, we were at our place in Kaufman, and she just looked at us like, what am I getting myself into? These people are nuts. Yeah. Um, it's a lot to take in. It was a lot to take in. Like I, if, if Stephanie introduced me to a bunch of yahoos that played polo cross and we were all wearing the same shit, uh, I'd probably be a little uh, concerned as well. But you were already inoculated, so that's not a Oh but, yeah, so, for sure. Yeah. So there's something about I don't know. Is this an international phenomenon? Maybe it's. I don't think it is because I don't see this happening on other people's Facebooks, where the only shirts people are wearing on their Facebook are their tournament jerseys. There's a uh, quilt story that you wanted to tell about. Oh yeah. So uh, I needed to make room in my drawers because I've been getting larger over the past few years so my old podcast shirts and jerseys just didn't fit me anymore i went through my drawers and i think i had at least god 30 maybe 40 t-shirts and jerseys oh at least 30 or 40 jerseys and t-shirts from past clubs and tournaments and uh, that is amazing that is like yeah. that is that shows some royalty that is oh yeah uh, that is like a you're you're like a king. Well, dude, I've got an entire like tool bag, <laughs> tool bag, full of uh, baseball hats that I've picked up since the '90s. So it's not just T-shirts; it's also. I remember hats. that Santa Fe hat 
with the yeah. rope on it. It had like a rope yep. on that. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. And, and it had the uh, the Z symbol in the middle with the uh, Coco uh, Pelli horse running through the middle. Was that as old as it gets? Or you had an older hat than that? No, because that was that was mid '90s style. Was that rope trucker hat? So but yeah, right. anyway, okay. so I I've got uh, two trash bags full of T-shirts and other shit that I've been saving for. 25 years and i was you're thinking oh maybe i'll fit in these one day and i'll just wear them no it was it was i wanted to make a quilt out of them like i wanted to take them to a quilt shop and have them turned into quilts and so i had them in trash bags and so i put them out by the uh by the front door because i wanted to put them in the truck to drop them off at a quilt shop well i took all the (laughs) <laughs> the, these trash bags and i took them to the uh donation center and i dropped off those two bags full of t-shirts and stuff and you know the Man. chances of them still being there are probably pretty good because anybody in taylor texas there's not too many people that know about polacross and um i don't know if anybody would actually buy those shirts they probably either threw them out or just gave them away to people so but i yeah it was ridiculous once i started looking at it and started thinking about all the shirts that we picked up. Like, uh, uh, you remember before we went to Australia, we were at uh, Bill and Janelle's place up in Durango. Yep. And the, when we signed in, they gave us a shirt that was numbered. Nope. They actually had like special edition shirts that had numbers on them. Like, you know, this is number 13. I, I got 13. I said, I want number 13 because 13 is my lucky number. <laughs> it was not my lucky number that week. <laughs> Uh, but yes, it, it was, just, it, wait, it was, was like, that the week? Was that the weekend you were bullied uh, during that racket game at Bill and Janelle's? I uh, probably, when but you that tried? was also uh, probably David uh, Furman cooked that. Uh, oh, the pig! The ground. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like on that Norm Clayson uh, promo video. Yeah, guess David Furman's on it. He is like. Way back when, even on the East Coast, I was a little chubby boy, and David Furman and Adam Redman were coaching me, and I had the perfect form when I started. I was a prodigy back on the East Coast. I don't know if you knew that. Even though I wore gloves, even though I had an ugly helmet, even though I was wearing jodfers, yes, I banged that ball on the door in my house night after night. I became what's called a child prodigy on these. And well, uh, uh, that was the other thing I remember about meeting you is that uh, you were kicking my ass. I was like, who the hell is this kid? What is he wearing? And why is he kicking my ass? So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you definitely made me jealous because you were way better at polacross than I was. And I think that's why you and Robbie got so tight because you guys were, you know, almost on the same level. He was slightly ahead, but he, you had more of a rider's technique. He had more of a player's technique. Yeah. Yeah, Robbie's just yeah. a badass in general. Well, he's a legend. He's Robbie Shuttles is a legend for sure. You're a legend in your own right. Let's fast forward to today. So you're the father. Yeah. Both yeah. your kids play. Yes. Steph is a World Cup player. So the, the last yes. few years must have been a little bit tough on you. Let's go yes. back to, I, I believe, 2008. Uh, what did you do that really upset okay. Steph? What did you really do that Steph did not want you to do? And you were a husband at the time, and you weren't wearing clothes. Oh. <laughs> Stephanie was on the test team versus the UK when they came the over. We were at huh? that Camp, yeah, at Camp Stewart. And um, I think that was I, just, I coached the US team on that. Yes. And I just got team. done with 
Yeah, the mixed name. So I come down to Camp Stewart. Daniel Johnson is, uh, he meets me in the parking lot. He's like, he said, he said, Billy, he called me on the way down. He said, Billy, you got a streak at this thing. I said, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get there. Yeah, it's no problem. I'll do it. And he said, no, seriously, you got a streak. I said, yeah, yeah, it's no problem. I'll do it. No problem. So I pull in the, into the, uh, the parking lot next to the field. And Daniel comes running over and he's got, you know, those bows, those ribbon bows that you put on top of packages and stuff for presents yeah. and whatnot. And uh, so he's got a red and a blue one and he's got a uh, American flag bandana and he's got an American flag. He said, he said, okay, uh, you got to get, you got to get ready to go streak. I said, okay, but I'm putting a, a sock on my thing. So I don't want to, you know, I don't want, I'm, I'm respectable. Right. <laughs> Uh, but he also hands me a bottle of vodka a bottle of Tito's and he said start drinking so I'm just I'm putting this bottle back I'm just like chug 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 taking an article of clothing off chug 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 take another article of clothing oh, off man. and so I'm tying a bandana on my head and I've got my sunglasses on I put my sock on and I'm down to just basically a sock and a, a pair of shoes and a bandana and sunglasses and Daniel's uh he takes those those ribbons and he puts one on each of my cheeks but uh he he uh he hands me the American but, flag uh, and he says, unintended yeah continue yeah <laughs> he hands me the American flag and he says look they're getting ready to do the national anthem go and I said okay and I started running out and while oh and while I'm getting undressed and putting the sock there's some people walking by us and I just look at them I wave and I say hey how's it going and I'm getting ready so anyway he hands me this flag and I start hauling ass out to the field like from the parking lot I'm just woo woo <laughs> Oh God! And I I run out into the center of the field. I run in front of everybody where they're doing the umpire uh, uh, chuckle. No, the national. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they weren't at the national anthem yet, but they were they were getting ready to. And uh, so apparently, once the first woo that came out of my mouth, Stephanie, um, she hung her head in shame and she said, she looked at Heather or Robbie and she said, that's not my husband, is it? And they said, yes, that's him. Oh, and Jesus. So I'm, I'm hauling ass across the field as fast as I could. Cause I was, I was expecting somebody to come out and try to attack me or try to take you know at least at least try to tackle me or something and then I run into the announcer's table and then I run back around behind the cars and make it back to my car I had to take another couple quick chugs of uh, Tito's while I was at it but um, so apparently uh, Summer Canese's mom Kim Canese took a really good photo of me right at the right moment as I'm doing this because it's from the waist up you just see the top of the sock but I'm like my body weight is coming down. So my stomach fat is like kind of going down a little bit, but my abs show up because I was still in the army or just got out of the army. So I still had abs at the time. Yeah. And like, you could see the top four of my abs, but then there's a little bit of pooch down below it. That's one of my favorite pictures of myself of all time. It's in my safe. It doesn't come out much, uh, but when somebody asks for it, I would be happy. We can't to use it, it to promote this episode, even if oh, you, you, I, I, I'll uh, scan it and I'll send it to you. You can put it on the front page of this if you want. If I need to edit it. Let's fast forward to 2019 World Cup because... Daniel Johnson, the same guy who got you drunk to do this in 2008, is now yeah. going to torpedo you. Yeah. Steal your thunder. He's in 2019, my 
at the World Cup, you went all the way over there. You supported your wife through a year of yeah. hell. Total year three, of Three years getting ready for this World Cup. Three years of hell. You are the husband of a World Cup player. She yeah. is nowhere to be found. You are that raising the these kids as a single father. Yeah, that and, was the only purpose for me to go to Australia was the streak. Yep. And what happened? Daniel Johnson happened. Oh, my God. Now, yeah, was he it? Put, he was. He put those American flag boxer shorts on, or swim trunks, and then he put that uh, eagle, uh, that bald eagle mask on his head, and he took the flag and he ran with it. He did a fantastic job. I I salute the man. Salute him. And that is the greatest picture of him jumping. And it's yes. just like the most oh, yeah. perfect. He's doing the, he's doing the heel click on the way up too. Yeah, it was um, it was awesome. I'm I'm glad he did it. And if I tried to follow up with doing a full streak, it would not have it would not have ended well for me. So. Seems like this is like an 11 year plan for Daniel Johnson to really snub you. Because this was your moment. You had spent three years sacrificing your life for Stephanie Shuttles and his family. And my body. And your body. You had prepared your body. <laughs> you had drank more alcohol. You had gained more pounds. You were prepared for a 2019 accepted body composition. Yep. Listen, I got, I got my ab into shape just for this one moment. And now, how much hair was on your body? Did you actually, were, were people um, ripping hair off your body before you left? Or how are you preparing uh, hair-wise? I, I think Stephanie shaved my back. Um, I think that's as far as I got. Oh. So you were ready, but Daniel Johnson, he represented us well at the 2019 World Cup at the He, uh, he did ITC very well. Games. I'm very proud of him, yeah. Yeah, but he really took your thunder, man. You know, honestly, I don't think anybody at the time would have wanted to see me naked running across the polar cross field because I'm still carrying the sympathy weight from having children. So, um, so the weight that you that like you gained more weight than Steph did having the children. Oh, for sure. If I were to get back down to my ideal weight, I'd have to lose uh, 40 pounds right now. So I'm I'm 40 pounds of uh, sympathy weight. So how, what is that in stone? Let's get let's get it to the international level here. Oh, Jesus. All right, so pounds to stone. What is it? Twenty four pounds per stone or something like that. We have to do the conversion. Hold on. All right, so how much do you weigh right now, Billy? <sighs> Two thirty seven. That's all muscle. So you are sixteen point nine three. So how many stone? How many pounds per stone? No. Well, Matt, two, what is it? Two. Mass value by fourteen. You add the mass value. Is what I am. Well, divide the mass value by 14. So you are 16.93 stone. I am 37 divided I'm two, by 16 equals, it's 14.8 pounds per stone. And I am 15.29 stone. I am okay. 15 stone because that's still Listen, the metric system is all jacked up anyway. I don't know why you're even talking about it. 2019, you yes. went to the world. Cub. Yes. You, you supported your wife. You guys seem I've to have a, some really. I've got a babysitter just for me. And it sounds like the U.S. team had some really cool accommodations at the World Cup. Close by, they had their own buildings that were created for them. And yep. uh, wh where were you sleeping? I was at a hotel in. Oh shoot! What was the name of the town that was right there by the World Cup? Um, Warwick, not not, Warwick, not the Buckaroo. Yeah. 
Not the Buckaroo. Um, Buckaroo is the U.S. staple hotel that was used in 2003 and 2006. No, that's the one with the bar downtown, like underneath it, right? No, that's the downtown hotel. That's a different no, one. No, we, we stayed up on the hill, like out, on your way out of town back towards Brisbane. There's no hill. There's no hill. Yeah, there is a hill. It's the last uphill So who is uh, we? Hill. Who is we? On the right. Who uh, is your uh, group? Oh, so for uh, for me, it was myself, Sam, Gage, Lori. She was our babysitter. Um, Lori Capriati. She's from Pennsylvania. She's a high school friend with Stephanie and her sister. Oh, Jesus. They had to really bring yeah. in a professional. Yeah, seriously. She she came in just pretty much just to take care of me, uh, which is the, that's the official story, but she was supposed to take care of the kids, but she spent more time taking care of me than she was uh, watching the kids because I got out of sorts a couple nights. Did her anyway, grandparents go to the World Cup? Yeah, uh, Diane Diskin and her husband, Bill LaDuke. Uh, shout out to them. They're awesome people. How did they perceive you at the World Cup? Were they were they trying to help you out, or were they watching the kids, or what was? Oh, no, the... it was definitely a, a village effort to take care of our kids. There was people that knew us and knew our kids that were, you know, anytime we would ask where our boys were, they say, "Oh, get Sam engaged." Oh yeah, uh, oh they're over there by the uh, ice cream tent, or uh, they're they're playing with those with those other kids over there. It's oh okay, you know they're eating dog poop. They were not eating dog poop at this World Cup. That was that was a long time ago. But yes, they did do that. <laughs> no, the World Cup was awesome. I mean, we had such a good time there. It was definitely a family-friendly event because there were so many families there. And, you know, the boys just met these random kids and just started playing with them and they hung out with them. And now they get on Fortnite and they play together on Fortnite from Australia. Oh my gosh. So yeah, it's, it's pretty awesome. You know, and that's one of the things I love about Polycross is that you could meet somebody from a completely different side of the planet and have things in common with them. You're basically able to trust them with your children and they would trust you with their children. And you guys can have a great time together. And then Polycross, uh, honestly, Polycross is, um, I know I'm getting off a little bit, but Polycross is probably one of the most important life learning situations and events that I've ever been involved with. You know, if if I never played polacross, I never would have met you. I never would have met my wife. Probably, probably wouldn't have a whole whole lot in common with my brother. Um, you know, polacross has brought so many people together. It's one of the it's one of the greatest things in the world for becoming a grown up. For you know, just being a good person. Right. I love Polacross. Also, uh, also, I'm pretty sure I'm one of the first people to get a Polacross tattoo. Right. Because I got I got my the APA symbol on my chest when I was 16. Yeah, man, you are super dedicated, and you also have the uh, New Mexico flag, right? The Zia symbol. Yeah. Yeah. It's a big deal. Yeah, I love Polacross. I, I still love polacross. I'm just not as hardcore as I used to be. I, I don't ride. I, I can't do it anymore. It's just not for me. No, but, but you have a role because you still go to tournaments. You still help yes. in a lot of different ways. So tell me about the role that you have and we'll get it. We'll, we'll let you go to sleep soon. But tell me about the role uh, that you currently have. Yes. My official title is full-time goaltender. That's pretty much all I want to do is 
goaltend. But who's who's hacking up your kids' horses? I mean, who's dealing My kids with are um, hacking up their horses? You sure about that? I don't raise weak kids. They they get their own horses. They know. I've taught them how to put their bridles on. I've taught them how to put their saddles on. They may need a little help wrapping, but it, you know, I show them once. They usually get it. Uh, how how do you learn about how to do something by doing it? How do you learn how not to do something by, by doing having it? Billy tell you how to do it? That's how you learn <laughs> not to do something. <laughs> no, my okay. my kids my kids are very independent right now, and it's awesome. I'm raising them that way. I don't want to be a hover parent. I don't want right. to do everything for my children. I want them to be able to feed their horses, water their horses, take care of their horses, pick their feet, get them out of the pasture, get them ready and go do what they want to do. I don't I don't want to be the parent that has to do everything for them. I want them to be independent, strong men and by teaching them how to do something and then letting them mess up is seems to be a pretty good way of teaching them how to do it. You know, if they come up with a better way to do it, hey, by all means, do it. But you got to do it. What is a typical Friday night for your kids or a Saturday night? I mean, well, right I, now it's definitely not fall across. Yeah, but on a normal weekend with, you know, Lone Star, Under the Light, then with oh, all their all friends. Across? Oh, man. Oh, yeah. Well, Heather's niece and nephew come over sometimes, um, Remington and... Uh, Krista, they'll come over. They'll play. Uh, the uh, my my best friend uh, Zachy, uh, uh, Maged Zachy, and his wife Ginger Zachy, and their kids Mia and Layla. They'll come over, and our kids they all just get together and they have a blast. Like they they just have so much fun together at Polo Cross. For a long time, it was, hey Dad, can you help me untack and go wash the horses? Like no, N- now it's. No, you can do it. And now they help each other. You know, it, it's about them becoming a team because they're going to be a team. So, yeah, they'll play polo cross. They'll do probably two or three chuckas. And then they'll just go around and they'll play on the bleachers at our polo cross field. And they'll have a great time together. Throw the ball around. You know how it is at, our, at the Lone Star Field under the lights, man. They'll just, they'll be out there for hours just right. throwing the ball and chasing each other and teasing each other, but not being mean to each other and just having a good time, you know. Polo cross is it's a new generation of ball cross in America, and it's awesome. We've got, you know, their cousins, Hayden and Aubrey, that live 50 yards away. I mean, those are your neighbors. Robbie's family, the Heather, yeah. Robbie and Heather, those kids are playing. So their cousins live not too far away. So your kids must be learning the best way to make sure that your horses are ready for a tournament. Yes, for sure. Robbie's, you know, Robbie they, and Heather are very yeah taking care of their horses when we do get together kids will take the horses out into the pasture next door which is heather's dad's place and they'll go exercise their horses out there they've got a jumping trail that they take their horses on you know they're they're all getting confident together by doing the stuff other than polacross but when they do play polacross they do really well together um it's amazing to watch them all grow up together. We're so fortunate 
to have this place that we have where, you know, Robbie and I used to talk about in high school, being able to own a piece of property next door to each other so our kids can run back and forth from house to house and could just turn the kids loose out in the property and, you know, take their horses out or just go out and find a cabin or something like build a fort and go hunt and, you know, all this stuff. And it's, it's making them so it's making them mesh very well together when when they get together in a polo cross team if we can get the four of them to be on the same team uh it's going to be a pretty tough team to play against because they're going to be able to do stuff just by you know like robbie robbie and i used to just look at each other and know what each other were going to do on the polo cross field now it's just two of us so imagine what four of them are going to be able to do so um it's it's going to be fun i'm i'm totally excited for the future of polo cross if we can keep it going you know it's it's going to be it's going to be awesome the, the shuttles compound is definitely raising some good polo cross kids see that's the thing about lone star is they are growing their club through a procreation method of breeding like finding people from the east coast uh procreating and um crossing bloodlines yep and um it's a long-term method, but it, it's sound. I mean, it, it's uh, good good quality, good stock. And uh, long-term, it's going to pay off. The East Coast was more of a sort of a, I don't know, it was a quicker growth through finding pony clubs that were interested in polo cross. But in, in yeah. Lone Star, it's more of a breeding program, and you guys have some good stock. So, um <laughs> The dams are definitely the better genetic models in this uh, polycrust scheme that we got going on here. Right. <laughs> Looking at New South Wales tours coming up uh, over the next few years, your kids are going to have a lot of opportunities. I'm oh, really God, excited. I hope so. I'm really excited about that. Hopefully, they'll yeah. take more uh, more initiative and be uh, better from it than you were. Um, I could only hope. <laughs> God, I can only hope my kids are better than me. No, they will be. No, but you're like super dad right now. So, I mean, you had to support a wife through the World Cup, which I'm sure wasn't easy. It was three years, like you said, a very tough yeah. sacrifice. It's all Gotta about keep it going. Yeah. It's all about polo cross. So, what's yeah. it like right now? I mean, it's post World Cup. What's What's it like right now? I mean, what are you, What are the goals for your family? for this year well i'm 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 hoping that we're gonna just snap out of this dream of the year 2020 but uh i I would like to see that our kids do well in school keep doing well in school because they're they're doing awesome my goals for 2020 is just uh keep the keep the business going and be able to provide for my family to keep this dream of polo cross going keep keep doing the thing that we all love so much the sport of polo cross so that's that's honestly that's that's pretty much it man just um being able to take care of my family and support the family and hopefully be the a better family than what i knew growing up you know right well i think that's all we can all strive to do is be better than what we had growing up trying to coin this phrase uh polo cross all fall all across all fall, put that in quote. COVID's been a real pain in the butt for the uh, spring season and the summer, yep. but uh, we're going to try to have as much polo cross as we can have in the fall. Lone Star has a tournament that they have set it up for the fall. And I think we're the, uh, 
now, aren't we? Yeah, well, I'm sure Grand Bay will have something going on. There's, there'll be a mega clinic at Grand Bay in Alabama, November. So my goal is pull across all fall, every weekend, starting with Labor Day at the end of August. Uh, there's going to be pull yep. across every weekend in the United States somewhere. Yep. Yep. Uh, so that's going to be the goal. I'm sure uh, your family is acting as if pull across is fully in season. Yep. Um, and your horses will be ready, and whenever Polo Cross is back, you'll be you'll be there. And we're hoping we get some good competition. Right. All right. What do you have to say before we end this podcast? We'll hey, uh, Ryan Murphy, uh, I appreciate you giving me a call and letting me be on your podcast. I think this is awesome. I consider you one of my best friends of all time. I also consider you a brother. You and me have been tight since we were kids, even through thick and thin. We've always been there for each other. I appreciate you, uh, everything that you and your family have done for me. And when I found out your mom, your mom passed, it it really put a damper in my life because your mother was such a great person. It still, you know, touches me every once in a while when I think about Marilyn Murphy. I loved her. I I love you. I love Aaron, and I love your dad. And I I'm very happy to know you and your family. And I'm so proud to be around you and to have never ever known you. And I appreciate you, brother. I love you very much. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. I'm hours away from my birthday, my 39th birthday. I've known you for a long time, and we've been friends for so long. Yeah. And it's just one of those things. I mean, I took a six-year break from Polo Cross, but you wouldn't know it because the second you and I reconnected, it was like we had just left off. And hey man, I'm so family. proud of you. Well, I'm so proud of you and so proud of Steph and the kids that you've had and the life that you lead right now. I just need to say that. Yeah. Thanks for sharing some of your experiences from the early days of Polo Cross, from your yeah, tours over overseas, your days as a streaker, even, even the tattoos on your body, which uh, say a lot about uh, where you came from Polo Cross. So this, this is one of many podcasts. I know that uh, we have a lot more to talk about. So that'll be yeah. it for, for tonight. Yep. Thanks for having the conversation. And I look forward to the next time talking to you, buddy. Thanks for having me, brother. Thanks for listening to this episode. I really enjoyed the constant laughter that comes from longtime stories with a great Polo Cross family member. Here on Chugga Talk, we appreciate your feedback. Have you enjoyed the show? Do you have questions or comments? Please rate and review on Apple Podcasts. For a chance to be featured on the show, leave a voicemail by finding the Send Voicemail Sidebar button on PoloCrossMadeSimple.com. For more Polacross coaching, go to PolacrossMadeSimple.com. You'll find ebooks on how to become a great player and even on how to become a great coach. Find me on Facebook and Instagram. Until next time, have a good one.